We're talking about generosity, generosity, talking about um, not being selfish, not being greedy, uh, not being uh, all about us and our little world, but learning how to have a, a worldview, a view of the community around us and how we can bless and how we can serve and how we can be Jesus to those who do not know him. So let's look in the Word of God today in the book of Proverbs, chapter 11 and verse 24. The Bible says the one who scatters, that's a positive word there, not a negative word. It's talking about uh, people who sow seeds. Paul talked about that to the Corinthian church when he said to them, if you sow sparingly, you will reap. Sparingly, but if you sow generously, you will reap generously. So that's what it's talking about here. The one who scatters, the one who gives, look what happens to him. He increases more. Now, okay, let's work on that a little bit. Because if I get to a place in the verse up there and I just pause, see, y'all supposed to say that next word. And if you don't, the sermon gets longer. So y'all want to do that one again? Yes, yeah, do it again. The one who scatters, there is one who scatters, yet increases more. See, so y'all ready to go home, I can tell. <laughs> and there is one who doesn't scatter, but he what? More than is... Mm. It's all right to withhold some. God don't want you to give everything away, even though the widow did, didn't she? God don't want you to give everything away. You can withhold some, but some people in the church are withholding more than is right. And when you withhold more than is right, and when you, oh, the Greek word for that is tightwad, I'm here to help you all with your Greek and your Hebrew. Actually, this is uh, Old Testament, so it would be Hebrew, right? Yeah. And there's one who withholds more than is right. And when you withhold more than is right, because why do people withhold? They withhold because they're afraid if they're generous, they're going to lose. They think if they're tight, they're going to gain. But I'm telling you, that verse is the opposite, isn't it? Look at it. First part of the verse says, if you are generous, you increase. But if you withhold more than is right, it leads to? In Jesus' name, amen, let's just go home. Not going to happen. I got more stuff. Look at the message. And I would encourage you to get a copy of the message. It's a good Bible to have in your, uh, good paraphrase, to have in your... Um, in your study books. The, I love what the message says. It says the world of the generous gets what? And the world of the stingy gets? Now the reason the Bible says that is because it's true. That's not a manipulative statement just to get you to give. And when we talk about giving, are we just talking about money? Hmm. Matter of fact, money is a tiny little part. This is the wise man, Solomon. Solomon wrote Proverbs. He was known for his wisdom. Solomon is saying to us, hey guys, it is wise to be generous. It is unwise to be stingy. He says, do you ever, do you ever read a verse and put your name in it? You should. If you, if you don't do that, you ought to start doing that. I kind of jotted this down in my notes. Jot a, uh, Solomon, as his brother was Jolomon, he's Solomon. Solomon, somebody's writing that down going, I did not know that. <clears throat> God is saying through Solomon, Pharaoh Hardison, when you are generous, it enlarges your heart. Pharaoh Hardison when you are generous, it enlarges your perspective. You know what's wrong with a lot of us? We have tunnel vision. 
All we see is our world. Every input into our life, everything that comes into our life, we see it in the context of our little world that we live in and how it affects our little world. And if it doesn't mess up our little world, we're okay. But if it messes up our little world, we're like, I'm not, I'm not going there. God says when you're generous, it will enlarge your perspective. Instead of only considering yourself, you will begin to consider others. You'll begin to see the needs of others. As a matter of fact, as you grow in your generosity, you will begin to discern needs that the average person doesn't discern. You'll begin to discern hurting in people. And you'll begin to discern that people need something. And God will get real specific with you about it so you can bless them and help them and serve them. You remember what I said last week? It was a quote from Pastor Perry Noble. I love it. He said, saved people serve people, and served people get saved. Go out there and serve. Go out there and give. Go out there and be generous. So um, I was looking at some announcements that I needed to make this week. Need to make sure everybody understood them. Everybody got them. And uh, I... Uh, I, I, I looked at them, and then I looked at my sermon. I thought, hey, these announcements fit in my sermon. I mean, that's pretty cool when you're preaching on generosity, and you look at the announcements, the activities that are going on in your church, and it goes with generosity. Amen? Isn't that good? So let me just mention a couple things. We got a class called Financial Peace University, University Dave Ramsey. We started last Sunday night. The one for tonight's been canceled, but it picks right back up next Sunday night. See, it's unfair. It's not really right. The church has failed you in this area. When we stand before you and preach and tell you you need to give, but we don't tell you what the Bible says about managing your money. The reason a lot of people can't be generous is because the church hasn't taught what the Bible says about money and how to manage it. So we offer you that class. And it is next Sunday. You say, well, I missed the one last Sunday, so I'm behind. No, you're not. You can come right back next Sunday, 5 o'clock, right here on this campus and pick that class up and get your financial house in order so you can be generous, so you can give. Amen? And, uh, excuse me. And then we've got uh, some opportunities coming up for you to serve. Wayne uh, Correctional Center, the, the prison in our community. Um, we are going on there October 13th and just love on those prisoners. We're just going to love on them, show them the love of Jesus. Pastor Jimmy might cook them something to eat. What do y'all think it would be? Hot dogs. Because Pastor Jimmy refers to hot dogs as tube steak. <laughs> Makes people think they're getting something else, you know. But, but October 13th, Wayne Correctional Center. You say, well, why are you talking about it now? That's a, that's a month away, but you've got to sign up by September 16th to be a part of that. You can go serve. You say, well, I wouldn't know what to say. I wouldn't know what to do. We'll help you with that. We'll help you with that. Let me tell you something. When you go on the grounds of that prison, those guys, and we go to some women's prisons too, they are so happy to see you. They are so happy to see you. They are, they are just so hungry for love and for somebody to care about them. So October 13th, we're going to go love on them, and you can get in on that. And if you're generous in that, and you take... You say, well, that's my day off. Well, just think how God would view if you took a few hours on your day off to go serve at the prison. You think God would honor that? You think God would want to pour back into your life and bless back into your life? Listen, God will get it to you if he knows he can get it through you. He's got he's to know you're going to give it away. He said, if you'll give it away, he said, I'm going to pour more in than you can give away. I'll pour it in faster than you can give it away. And I'm not talking just about money here. I'm talking about other things. How many of you know there's some stuff better than money? Yeah. Amen. I can get a big amen on that, but it's true. Y'all ever heard of this place called Seymour Johnson Air Force Base? They're having family day. Family day is called... Uh, it's called Seymour Johnson Air Force Base Reservist Wing Family Day. Do we love some military families up in this church? Yes, we do. Absolutely. We love our military families. 
and uh, we want to minister to them. We have a whole ministry set aside that just focuses on them. It's, uh, the title of that ministry is Call to Arms. So all you military families, if you're new today, check that out online. Call Robin, Pat Moran. They kind of spearhead that and talk to them about that ministry. When you deploy, we'll take care of your spouse. We'll take care of your spouse while you're gone. If she or he... Uh, sometimes, you know, the women leave and the man's at home. You know, you know that happens from time to time. We'll help them in any way we can. Uh, if a woman goes overseas and leaves a man back here, we will not let the children starve. <laughs> Amen? And so if the, if the man leaves and the woman, which is most of the time the case, if something breaks or, or something um, you know, where the husband would usually be there to take care of that, we're ready to step right up and serve and help out while that husband is deployed uh, in any way we can. So here, here's what we're talking about, though. On October 27th, this is a day, and we have been invited by the base, by Seymour Johnson Air Force Base. They love us over here at the bridge, and they've invited us to come on, and we're going to go on, and we're going to give stuff away and love on them and minister to them. That'll happen October 27th, and I mentioned that because you got to sign up for this by the 16th as well. And you can sign up at, for anything that we're talking about at the Connect Centers. You can go home, and you can sign up online on our website. So there's a lot of ways for you to sign up and get involved. How many of y'all have heard of this thing, God Belongs in Our City? Have y'all heard about that? Now, guys, that's this coming Saturday. This coming Saturday, we're going to call off service at the Goldsboro campus because that's where we have our Saturday night service is at the Goldsboro campus. So we're going to call that off and we're going to all go and join up with the other churches in our community at 4 o'clock in the afternoon at Goldsboro High School and we're going to come together under the leadership of Pastor Terry Jones and we're going to follow his leadership. And uh, this is a burden on his heart, a passion. You've been seeing the videos about it, and, uh, and you've been hearing about it. So I'm telling you, let's go to Goldsboro High School, 4 o'clock this coming Saturday. Let's pack out that football stadium and let Goldsboro know that there's a bunch of people in this town who love Jesus, and we want him to take over our city. Amen, amen, amen. Y'all with me out there? I'm telling you. So this is all about Generosity. Uh, Sunday morning, uh, we have a navigator's class that takes place in the impact building. Mike Moss is the teacher of that class. They've been studying the book of Acts. Do you understand that it is important not only to get people to Jesus, but then help them get their roots down in the Word of God, the infallible, inerrant Word of God? And so Mike teaches that class. They're about to conclude the study on Acts. And on October 7th, they are going to begin a study called The Balanced Christian Life. It will go from October 7th through November 11th. And all you got to do is show up. Show up next Sunday or, or October 7th. Show up that morning at 9 o'clock uh, over in the Impact Building. Then after that's over, you can come right over here and, and worship with us in the second service. And so these are just a few announcements, a few things that I wanted to talk to you about that has to do with generosity. You say, well, that discipleship, how does that have to do with generosity? Well, you've got to have some, you got to have some knowledge. You've got to have some wisdom. You've got to have some, some um, understanding of the Word to be able to have something to give away. So we, we want to train you. We want to help you. We want to help you get that um, Word in you. Now, um, we have a little card, and uh, you might find one laying around from last week there close to you. Or if you don't, they're out at the Connect Center here, the Connect Center out this door. And it is a card where you can sign up to get information about serving in our church. Now, guys, we know that when we go into that new building in about a month from now, we know that um, our attendance is going to jump. And so we're going to need more people getting involved with us, volunteering, so we have this strong volunteer leadership team. So if you've been sitting back, you've got to get involved. So take this card, give us your name, your email, your phone number, and uh, check on the back what you're interested in. When you fill this card out, you're not signing up to serve, you're asking for information. 
So we're talking about generosity here. This is a way you can be generous with your life. Also, don't forget the invite cards. I was in Sam's the other day because I love to walk around Sam's. They give away free food. (laughs) So I was in Sam's the other day, and I had this card. I didn't have this card. I wish I had. I should have took some in there. And I ran into some uh, young military couples, and I was sitting there thinking, you know, they probably are new to the area. And uh, I wish I had a card that I could just walk up, because you don't have to irritate people when you use the card. You can just walk up with the card and go, hey, man, listen, don't want to bother you guys. You know, I'm Farrell Hardison. Don't say that, because, you know, it's my name. But <laughs> walk up to them and go, um, I just wanted to invite you to our church. God bless you. And then just turn and, and say, I hope you guys have a great day. Because you don't want to be that guy. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to be that guy. So what you want to do is be the guy or gal who just goes up and goes, I just want to invite you to our church and just leave the card with them. You say, well, they might just lay it down somewhere. Well, that's all right. Somebody might pick it up. Okay? So let them know. All right? And uh, then you know about the Just Because card. The Just Because card is the little business size card that you, um, where is that thing? Where is that thing? Uh, that you use when you do something nice for somebody. Anyway, it's somewhere. Uh, You do something nice for somebody. It's just an act of kindness. And then you hold up the little card. Uh, Vanna White is coming to bring me one of those. Thank you, Vanna. Uh, She said I was sitting on it. All right. Okay. Oh, that's my wife for visitors right there. I want you all to know that's my wife. Um, uh, And so you do an act of kindness for somebody. Like uh, if you're in uh, the line at uh, Starbucks, glory, (laughs) and uh, you're getting some of the nectar of the gods, and uh, you uh, see somebody behind you pay for your coffee and pay for their coffee and leave the card, and then the lady at the register will just give them a receipt and the card and say, that guy right there or that gal paid for your coffee. You can do it at McDonald's. You can do it at Bojangles. (laughs) Okay. Mm. All right. So pick up some of these. You got to have them. We got them all up. We got them at the Connect Centers. Pick them up, pick them up, pick them up. Be Jesus. Be Jesus. You say, I don't go to this church. Well, I tell you what, take the card, go back to your church and make you one. And let's all the churches start being Jesus. What would happen? How many people would come to Christ if we would just start demonstrating the love of Jesus? People have heard enough sermons. We need to, we need to show them a sermon. It's good preaching right there, but y'all going to hear one today. So, um, Let's see what else I got up here. Oh, don't forget to put your bridge sticker on your car. And... Um, you know, if you do road rage, um, then <laughs> then uh, put one from the put one from the first church on your car. All right, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love the first church. Um, this is our bridge sticker. It's really cool. It's cool. You know, so just stick it on there, and people will see that you're at the bridge. Pastor Jeremy had one on his car, and there was a guy that didn't like the bridge too much. So I'm not saying it's always going to be negative for, a positive for you when they see your sticker. Um, and if you're going to drive around crazy and, you know, hold your hand out the window and tell people they're number one, then don't put that sticker uh, on your car. Don't do it. Don't do it. I was, uh, some of y'all are just getting that joke. It's just kind of like a wave going across the church. Uh, I didn't have one on my car for a long time. (laughs) I was letting God do a work of sanctification in me. How many red-headed people I got out there? Amen. Amen. We can't help it. We got the can't help it. Um, So, guys, there's a lot of ways right there you can invest your life. Invest your time, invest your talent, invest your treasure. Invest, invest. You know, um, Andy Stanley is a a great pastor. Uh, Most of y'all know Charles Stanley. He's got a son, Andy Stanley, who pastors a church down in Alpharetta, Georgia, runs about 20,000 people. He teaches, uh, and that's not what we're after. Don't misunderstand me. We're not after building, just building a big crowd. 
But Andy teaches his church to invest and invite. Invest in people. And when they see you, when they sense, and when they pick up on your investment in their life, that you care about them, then go, hey, I'm going to tell you about my church. Love to have you come. Invest in people. Serve people. Be a blessing to people. Show them the love of Jesus. Then they'll want to hear about your church. And even more importantly than that, they'll want to hear about your Jesus. Because the bridge doesn't change anybody. And Pharaoh Hardison doesn't change anybody. Jesus changes people. And people say, well, I'm, you know, uh, you're trying to get me to go to the bridge. You're trying to get me to, no, we're trying to get you to Jesus. You say, well, I might give my heart to Jesus and go to another church. You know what we say to that? Hallelujah. It's all in the kingdom, baby. It's all about the kingdom. It isn't about building one church. It's about building the church, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. So uh, invest, invest. Show people the love of Jesus. The title of this sermon is called Plastic Donuts. And I know that's kind of a weird name for a church. Uh, I mean, uh, so it'll be a real weird name for a church. <laughs> Come on down to Plastic Donuts Community Church. Uh, it's, a, it's a real weird name for um, um, a, a sermon and even a book. But it comes, the title of our sermon series comes from this book. And uh, this is a book by Jeff Anderson. And I hope you'll pick it up. Uh, it's only $7 and it's... Uh, it's excellent. It, it's a book you probably read in a day and then just pass it on to somebody else. Um, he talks about how one day he was working in his big chair. Anybody work in their big chair? And uh, his little 18-month-old daughter came up and brought him a plastic donut from her little kitchen. And he pretended he was eating it and acted like it was so delicious. And she kind of stood up on her tiptoes and squealed. And it just thrilled her to see how she had pleased her father. And then he noticed how because she loved that she had pleased her father, she kept bringing him stuff, so it kept her coming back to her father. And it's just a great little story that opens up this book. And then this book teaches about the acceptable gift. It te teaches about generosity. And so, guys, we just want to give you resources. I'm not preaching, <laughs> excuse me, I'm not preaching out of this book, but it's just a resource for you. Uh, a little addition to the sermon, and we hope you'll pick it up. Now, let me, I've said this before. Let me say it again. We don't make any money in the bookstore. We don't make any money in the bookstore. We don't make any money on coffee. As a matter of fact, we go in the hole on all that stuff out there. But we just want it to be here for you because we know that these things will help you grow. And the books that we put out there are books that we do a lot of research in ourselves and look at. These are books that will help you. You will not buy fluff out there in that bookstore. Uh, you will not buy a, a, a book that will not feed your soul and cause you to grow and challenge you. And when we get in the new building, we're going to have a real nice bookstore there, and it'll be the same way. It'll be the same way. We're not going to make any money uh, on the books we sell. Whatever we pay for it, that's what you're going to pay for it. Okay? Is that fair enough? And when we order in bulk, we're able to get them at a reduced price. That book normally is $8, so we were able to buy it in bulk and get a dollar off each book. We just passed it, that savings right on to you guys, okay? All righty. Well, there are different kinds of sermons, you know. There are sermons that comfort and sermons that commend and sermons that just try to get people up and moving and active and get things going. There are sermons that challenge, and this is one that challenges. Uh, it challenges me first. It challenges uh, you. It'll challenge this whole church. As a matter of fact, we have a three-part challenge, and we introduced it last week, and I want to review it with you very quickly this morning. Let's look at it. Challenge number one. And I've already talked about it, so I'm not going to really talk about it very much. If you're not serving, if you're not volunteering in this church called the body, called the bridge, this body of Christ called the bridge, then, then get involved. Get involved. Um, do something. It's a privilege to serve. It's an honor to serve. And you're not serving me directly and uh, primarily, and you're not serving the bridge primarily. You're serving God. You're serving God when you serve here. And maybe you're here today, and you're from a different church. And when you serve in your church, if that church is preaching the gospel and preaching the truth and, 
and uh, that church is all about the scriptures, then, then you're serving God. You say, but, but sometimes when I serve, I don't, I don't think anybody really sees what I'm doing. I know that feeling, but that's okay because it's about him seeing what you're doing. As a matter of fact, the Bible says if, you, if they see you doing stuff down here and they're always walking up to you telling you how awesome you are, that's going to be your reward. So, so, you know, I've even had people who I've taught on that so many times, I've even had people when I start to brag on them and thank them, they go, no, 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 I want to get mine up there. I want to get it up there. I don't want it down here. Amen? So, so uh, don't worry about being seen. Don't worry about being noticed. And then, and then let me just address this real quick. Some of you maybe are sitting there, and, and it's this church or wherever you go to church, and you just feel like that the role you're in at that particular time, at the particular time you're in, you feel like your gifts are being wasted because you think you're, you, you know, you think you're gifted to, to teach, or maybe you're pretty sure you're gifted in music, or you're pretty sure you're gifted to do something up on the stage. Well, let me tell you something. If you'll be faithful in the hidden thing, God will give you opportunities in the open thing. If you're faithful doing what nobody sees, if you're faithful doing the jobs in the church nobody wants to do, but if you'll be faithful in that, God will open doors for you and open opportunities for you. It's in the scripture. He that is faithful in that which is least will be faithful in much. It's right there in the Bible. So don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Don't feel like you're being uh, neglected, don't feel like people don't know what's going on. I mean, I could go on and on and on. The Bible says that promotion comes from humility. I got a whole sermon on that. How promotion, if you want to be promoted, everything God teaches in the world is the opposite, uh, teaches in the Bible is the opposite of the world. The world says if you want to be promoted, you got to promote yourself. God says if you want to be promoted in his kingdom, you humble yourself. Humble yourself. The, the enemies there whispering in your ear going, if they really appreciated you, if they really thought you were all that, I mean, they wouldn't stick you over here in this corner. And that's the enemy talking to you. That's the enemy talking to you. Don't hear it. Don't hear it. Be faithful. Be faithful. And uh, God will open doors for you. So volunteer to serve. Number two, uh, on the weekend of October the 4th, 6th, and 7th, that's Thursday night, Goldsboro, Saturday night, Goldsboro, Sunday morning here, we're going to take up an offering fit for a king. Here's what we're asking. We're asking you to give 10% of your income that day. You say, well, I don't do that. I don't do that. I understand that. We're asking you to do it that weekend, that service you come to. And uh, we did this about two years ago. We took up $151,000 in one weekend. And we were able to take that money and sow it into ministries in this church. But we also sowed into ministries outside this church. So guys, here's what we're asking. Offering fit for a king. That king. Not me. That king. I'm just a prince. I'm the son of a king. Amen? Y'all with me out there? And if you know Jesus Christ, you're a prince if you're a guy, princess if you're a, if you're a woman. And so we, we want to give an offering to our king that day through his church, not Pharaoh Hardison's church, but through his church called The Bridge. And so we're asking for you to do that. We're challenging. You say, well, I, I'm probably not going to do it. That's fine. That's fine. I, I won't know if you did it or not. Um, but I, I hope you will. I hope you will. Now, those of you who already are giving 10%, God bless you. Thank you so much. So here's what I'm asking you to do. If you already have been giving 10%, I want you to give a little special offering that day above. Millie and I are going to do it. We've already decided what we're going to do. And on that weekend, October 4, 6, and 7, and I'm going to tell you this not out of pride. I'm going to tell you this because I want you to know that I'm not asking you to do something I'm not going to do myself. My staff's going to do this. Our deacon board's going to do this. Our ministry directors are going to do this. Your leaders are going to do this. So listen, Millie and I are going to give the biggest offering, one-time offering we've ever given in our whole lives. I've been here, the pastor of this church, for 22 years. We're going to give the biggest offering on October 4, 6, and 7 that we've ever given to this church from our family. You say, well, pastor, maybe I'm not where you are. 
you, you got a job. I mean, you, I, I've been laid off from my job. I understand. I understand. But I'm going to show you in just a minute in the Scripture that when you give out of your, even your need, that God does miraculous things in your life. You see, it's not equal giving. It's equal sacrifice. If everybody will sacrifice on that weekend equally, and look, $5 may be a big sacrifice for you. I don't know. But if everybody will do the same sacrifice on that weekend right there, we're going to take up a record offering in this church and use every penny to minister to children, to minister to the lost, to minister to the homeless, to, to minister at the soup kitchen, to minister in missions, to minister in various ways. So guys, it's just a challenge, and you pray. And what I hope you'll do is you and your family will pray and say, our pastors ask us to do this, so let's pray and see what God puts in our heart. And let's see what, let's see what he says. You hear from God. It's one thing for pastor to get up here and say it. It's another thing for you to pray and sense God just kind of leading you in a certain area, a certain number that you're supposed to give, okay? All right? And then look at the third challenge. On the third weekend, challenge number three, or the, the weekend after the, the offering fit for a king, we're not going to ask for you to give any extra money the next weekend. <laughs> I know you're probably out there going, thank you. Um, but what we're going to do is ask you to make a pledge to something we call the Giving Life Fund. The Giving Life Fund has three things. We give to three things out of the Giving Life Fund. We give to missions. We have missionaries of foreign missionaries. We have missionaries in the United States we support. And we have missionaries right here in our very community we support. So when you give to the Giving Life Fund, you're giving to missions. You're giving to Bread of Life. Bread of Life is a ministry that helps people who are out of work, can't pay their doctor bill, can't pay their hospital, uh, their uh, electric bill, can't pay their water bill. And we keep the water running. We keep the lights on. We put groceries um, in their house. Some of you have benefited from this ministry. And so um, when you, let's say you give $5 to the Giving Life Fund, then we're going to take your $5 and we're going to split it up in these three areas right here, okay? And then underneath is uh, the last one is our, our new worship center. Have you all have been looking over there? Been walking around? I'll tell you what, it's going to be awesome. But we need everybody to pitch in because that mortgage payment is going to jump way up here, you know. Already is. Already is, actually. And so, guys, we need, we need everybody to step up a little bit, okay? Now, some of you made pledges to the Giving Life Fund a year ago. And you might want to increase that pledge or you might want to uh, renew that pledge. Or, or maybe you're, you're new and you weren't here a year ago. We're asking you to get on board with us. You say, well, now, wait a minute. You just asked for 10%, now you're asking for more. Where's that in the Bible? The Bible talks about the tithe and the what? Offering, and that's offering. That's your offering right there. Now, here's what I'd do if I were you. No matter what financial shape you're in, now, some of you can be very generous, and some of you can give a large amount, but I would, I would give something to the Giving Life Fund, I, even if it's $5 a month, and here's why I would do it. I would want, when I walk in that building out there, to say, I had a part in this. I would want when a missionary stands up here to say, I helped that missionary. When you hear stories about people having their lights turned on because they lost their job or, or threatened to have their lights turned off because they lost their job, and, and you hear stories up here about how we helped them and they kept their lights on, you can say, I had a part in that. Maybe it wasn't a big part, but everybody doing what they can makes it possible. Teamwork makes the dream work. Amen? If we all work together, okay? I uh, heard a story this week about, um, about um, this uh, girl at work. I think I'm going to tell this right. And uh, she said that she was at work, and there's a lady on, on the job there with her who's very, very sick, has cancer. And um, she was sharing with the other co-workers how how she was just having a lot of financial trouble, a lot of financial difficulties. And she said, but I know God's going to take care of me. She said, God always takes care of me. He always takes care of me. She said, as a matter of fact, my lights were about to be turned off or, or I didn't know how I was going to pay my electric bill. And a church that I don't even go to, that I've never even been to, paid my light bill for me. She said, and that church is called The Bridge. 
Amen, amen, amen. Now listen. That girl wanted to stand up and go, that's my church, you know, but she didn't. She just let God get the glory, you know, and, and didn't talk about it being her church or her getting any glory for that. The re- you say, why are you telling these stories? Because I want you to know what the heart of this church is. I want you to know what our heart is. Our heart is not to build some monument here to men. Our, we, every building we got is a tool for ministry, a tool for ministry. We, as, as beautiful and as wow as that building is going to be over there, we didn't spend any money on, on things like, uh, you know, $50 a foot molding and stuff like that, the crown molding. We, we have a functional building that we view as a tool to do ministry. And so, guys, I thank you so much for your generosity, and I thank you so much for making it possible. Um, I got a call, uh, sort of a, well, not a call, I got a little Facebook uh, message uh, this week, and it was a missionary friend of mine, uh, Ron Wooten, and uh, we just love uh, Ron and his wife, Sharon, and uh, I'd missed his earlier message, so uh, he was messaging me back again. That's a real tip for y'all. If you, don't, if you message me and don't hear back, hit me up again. Um, and so he, we got to talking. He, I said, can you guys be there tomorrow? Can you be at church this coming weekend? He said, yeah. So ladies and gentlemen, I want you to welcome up to the pulpit to share with you for a few minutes about what God's doing in Africa, Ron and Sharon Wooten. Let's welcome them. Well, praise the Lord. Good morning, church. It's good to see you and good to be in this wonderful house of worship. God is just uh, in this place. We've been here since about 8 o'clock this morning, and we have just been enjoying the presence of God and being with the Bridge people. I'm Ron. This is Sharon. And we are happy to be serving God on the continent of Africa. You're going to see pictures coming up on the screen. These pictures, we're not going to tell you about all of them. Just let look at them. Those are the countries that we work in. We, we live in Kenya. That's our home base. And we travel to six other countries uh, throughout that region. Those countries are South Sudan, Ethiopia, Uganda, Rwanda, Burundi, and Eastern Congo. And we travel pretty extensively working with our church. We have over 1,500 congregations and a membership of over five. 500,000 Christians that love God in those areas and are working with the Lord, and we thank God for that. Uh, but we want to have more, and we got to continue to go out and reach. Jesus, when he was uh, traveling the earth, he said he was going around preaching and teaching, and people were getting saved, and people were being healed. But it said when he looked out upon the masses of the crowds, he looked, and he was moved with compassion because he still saw so many people helpless and hopeless, and they didn't have a shepherd. And he said, the harvest is truly plenteous around the world, and it truly is. And he said, I need laborers to go forth. And Sharon and I answered that call. We've been serving in missions over 13 years, working on our 14th year of working in foreign missions. And then over a few scriptures later, the Apostle Paul uses that scripture. How can people believe if they've never heard? How can they hear if nobody preaches to them? But how can anybody preach unless somebody sends a preacher? And that's your responsibility. Ours is to preach. Yours is to help us get there. And you've done that. This morning I said it and I forgot it when I came up. We've been eating out of that last box of donuts. That, that giving life fund. That's the box of donuts that we eat out every month. Because you're supporting us every month and you're helping us. And we wanted to come this morning and tell you thank you for that. And thank you for how you're helping us take the gospel. And to see the things you see up on the screen being done. Those are things that, that we're doing. We're accomplishing. We're doing it. But we couldn't do it without you. And every soul that gets saved, every child that gets fed, every pastor that gets taught, every church building that gets built, because you're giving into the Giving Life Fund, and that fund is coming to help us, you have a part of that, and that's a part of your reward in heaven. And we're excited about that, and we wanted to say thank you very much for sharing in missions. As you pray for that offering in October, pray and say, God, I I don't want to do this. Tell me what you want me to do in that offering, and God will put it in your heart. Share and share about the women. It's my joy to minister to women all over Africa. In 2006, God told me I'm raising an army of women in Africa who've gained their faith through their difficulties. And I often find myself walking among spiritual giants, women who depend on God for everything, who've learned a faith, an unshakable faith. Whether it's good times or hard times, they trust God. 
In 2007, I went to Eastern Congo right after they had come out of war. And it was a difficult place. I really thought I was sacrificing for the Lord. And I was praying, Lord, help me to be willing to take that heat and no electricity. <laughs> and they were living off the fish of the lake. And I went there for a two-day women's conference. And the evening before the conference started, a women, group of women came to me and my mother and wanted to pray for us and bless us and thank us for coming. I found out later these women had walked for seven days through the mountains to come to a two-day women's conference. So in love with Jesus, so passionate for him. When they would sing, the presence of the Lord would just flood the building. They could pray and the walls were shaking. And the Lord said to me, he said, I am sovereign and I am God. I am not intimidated by governments or economics or false religions. I am building my kingdom on this earth. I can call the women out of the back jungles of Congo to pray my kingdom down. If you want to live a life of significance, give your life to what is important to God. Thank you for what you do for missions. We do appreciate what you're doing. As you see the pictures that are coming up now, well, it actually stopped, but um, I guess it'll keep going. If it doesn't, that's fine. But uh, one of the projects we are uh, really focusing on as we go back is helping churches. The people build their churches, and as you look at the churches, they hand-do their bricks. They make them out of clay or mud, and then uh, the, all they can put on it usually on their own is these thatch roofs. Uh, and a church with a thatch roof will last three or four years because the rains wash it away. And one of the things God has just put in my heart is I travel all in these bushy areas where they've never had electricity, they've never had running water, they don't know those things, but they know how to worship God, is to help them get solid roofs on their churches so that they can have buildings that will last 15 or 20 years and not just two or three or four years. And if you want to help in that, we had two this morning, Pastor, that said they wanted to help with the roofs, and I've directed them to Keith, and Keith just wanted to help. You can talk to me. I'll, we'll be at the table over at this Connection Center. Uh, the, the, we also have these prayer cards that will be at both Connection Centers. Take a prayer card and pray for us. We need, you, we need your support continually because we have to have that to go. But we, more than that, we need your prayer. And these cards will help you. You put it in your Bible. You put it on your refrigerator. put it on your mirror when you're shaving, wherever you want to put things at. And uh, so you'll remember us. And every day, just say, God bless Ron and Sharon and, and watch over them. And we thank you for your prayers. We thank you for your time. We have a table over here with little trinkets from different parts of Africa. Stop by and look at that as well. But it's good to be with you at the bridge. And may God bless you. May God continue to use Use you and may this church continually be a light in this community and around the world. We thank you so much. Pastor, bless you, sir. Let's give it up for Ron and Sharon Wooten. Awesome. So this is this is when we stand up here and talk about the Giving Life Fund. And I know some people may be here today and they say, Oh, I thought I was going to hear a sermon. Well, I ain't done yet. But this is a sermon. We, we've got to talk about, you know, we can come in here and have a little Bible lesson every Sunday and I can say three points and give you a little poem at the end. We've got to walk this thing out, guys. We've got to live this thing. And so when I stand up here and talk about you being more generous and how Millie and I are going to also be more generous, I want you to know what your giving goes to. And when you meet two people like that, like we have this morning, it makes you want to be generous, doesn't it? It makes you want to find, uh, uh, you know, when I was a kid and we were going to the store, I'd go through all the cracks in the couches. Y'all know about that? Amen. And uh, through all, my mama had a whole bunch of purses up there, and boy, I'd work them purses. And, uh, and, uh, and look, I, I believe God will bless you if you'll step out and be generous. Well, I want to talk to you about five ways. Not all five this morning, just one. Uh, over the next few weeks, and talk about five ways that generosity just really impacts your life positively. And what I'm going to do is use a story in the Bible where Paul was talking about three areas that had churches in them. One of them was Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Jerusalem had churches, Christian churches in it, and they were struggling they were struggling. Paul had helped get those churches going. They were struggling. They were going through uh, tremendous poverty. They were under economic pressure like crazy. I mean, these people were having trouble getting food. They were having trouble uh, 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 making it financially. Does that sound familiar to the day we're living in? And so Paul goes to the churches in Macedonia 
And a couple of those churches you're familiar with, Philippians, Philippi, uh, Thessalonians, Thessalonica. And Paul goes to these churches and says, hey guys, uh, the church at Jerusalem is just really in trouble. I mean, they are just suffering tremendously and, and just having all kind of financial problems, almost to the point that the church can't keep going. He said, so I want to ask you, would you please take up a love offering, all you churches in Macedonia, and, and, and give it to the church in Jerusalem? And the churches in Macedonia said, absolutely. We want to help. We want to be a blessing. We want to bless our brothers and sisters in Jerusalem. And they were very, very um, generous uh, to the churches there. Now, when you talk about Macedonia, just to give you a little background, the first leader of Macedonia was called Philip of Macedonia, and you probably never heard of him, except that he had a son called Alexander the Great. And you probably heard of him uh, if you know anything about ancient history. But uh, Paul started those churches there in Macedonia, and he comes to them for this love offering. So let's look at the scriptures in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 and 2, because what Paul does is he wants to motivate uh, the Christians in Corinth. Now, the Corinthian church, and you have that book in your Bible too, Corinthians, the Corinthian church uh, was in Greece. So, you, so let's get it. You got the Jerusalem churches, very, 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 very poor. You have the Macedonian churches that are in another region. And then you have the Corinthian church that was in Greece. So what's happening is Paul wants to motivate the Corinthians to be generous the way the Macedonians were. So he uses the Macedonian church to motivate the Corinthians. Look what it says. He says, and now my Corinthian brothers and sisters, or my brothers and sisters of Corinth, we want you to know about the grace God gave the churches in Macedonia. We want you to understand how God gave them grace. Now, the word grace here, there's, uh, every time you see the word grace in the Bible, it doesn't necessarily mean exactly the same thing every time. One thing that the word grace means is divine enablement. Everybody say that with me. Divine enablement. In other words, what Paul is saying here is that God graced Macedonia and enabled them to be generous. He says, he says, church at Corinth, I want you to understand something about this Macedonian church. They've been tested. This church, this Macedonian church that was so generous to the Jerusalem church, they're being tested every day. They're being tested by the Romans. Nero, the Roman Empire, was bringing a tremendous persecution upon the Christians. As a matter of fact, if you were in Rome and you were a Christian, you could pretty much write it down, you were going to die. Because they had different ways. They'd kill you in Rome. Y'all remember all this? Reading your ancient history? They would throw the Christians to the lions. And then they would sit in a coliseum and just watch the lions rip the Christians apart. Sometimes they would hang the Christians on crosses. As a matter of fact, they often hung Christians on crosses. A lot of people think that Jesus dying on the cross, that maybe that was a, a terrible torture and death that was reserved just for him because of who he was. No. Many, many men, many women died on the cross. One writer said that at times you could turn all the way around in the city of Rome and there would be crosses on the horizon all the way around. And sometimes after a person had died, and sometimes even before they died, they would pour tar on them and set them on fire and line the roads with those burning people on those crosses to light their roads in Rome. See, we don't know persecution. You say something about Jesus at work and somebody laughs at you and you tell that's persecution, we don't really know persecution so that's what Macedonia, this church, Macedonia, that has already taken up their offering and given it to the Jews uh, or given it to the Christian Jews in Jerusalem, they, 
they were under that. He says, so Paul tells them, he says, he says church at Corinth, I want you to know uh, that really, really what Paul's doing is telling them, you don't have any excuse not to give. He said, because these Macedonians gave, and they were tested by what? Great troubles. And then he says, and I want you to understand, too, that even though the Jerusalem church was very poor, the Macedonian church was very poor, too. As a matter of fact, they really need somebody to help them. Y'all with me? So out of their need, out of their poverty, they gave to the church at Jerusalem. Look what Paul says. Paul says they're very poor, but then the last sentence, but they gave much. Isn't that something? They gave much because of their what? Great joy. See, I'm going to give you five ways that generosity impacts you positively. And the first one today is it will give you joy. Being generous will give you joy. When I was just a kid, I loved Christmas morning. How many of y'all remember Christmas morning when you were little? Wasn't that a great time? Get up way too early. Couldn't have drug us out of the bed any other day of the week. We're up at 4 o'clock on Christmas morning. How many mamas, mamas and grandmas out there saying amen to that? And uh, I, remember, I remember me and my two brothers, Chuck and Hal, uh, we would get up and uh, we would run in there and see what was under the tree and, you know, see what we had. And we'd tear and, uh, those boxes open and we'd get that stuff out and, I just remember, oh, man, I mean, I mean, Christmas Eve night when it was time to go to bed, you wouldn't look at your parents and go, are you kidding? Go to bed. You know, but you had to go if you're going to receive. And I was all about receiving. So we'd go to bed, and then we'd wake up 4 o'clock in the morning, you know, and go, oh, it's Christmas, it's Christmas. We'd all jump up and run in there. And, man, what a great time we would have. Mom and Dad would come dragging in <laughs> with their coffee and and uh, they, would, they would rejoice with us, but we didn't really care if they were there or not. Because um, it was about us, man, getting those gifts. And you, you remember, don't you? You pick up socks and you, know, you throw that behind you. You know, underwear, don't need that. Um, but, um, and I thought that was the ultimate. I thought that was the ultimate. But listen, the reason I thought that was the ultimate is because I was childish. The reason I thought that was the best it could ever be is because I was a child. I was immature. So it was all about me. But when I grew up and had my own two boys, they were about this high, we lived over there across the street. This used to be the parsonage of the, of the church, right across the street, this little split-level house over here. And Millie and I lived there for a number of years uh, before uh, the church allowed us to get our own home. And I remember us, um, you know, wanting to be there when the boys got up the next morning. I was afraid I'd sleep through it. So I tied a string to my doorknob of my bedroom and I tied the other end to a bell so that when they opened their door, no, the, the bell was on my doorknob, the string was tied to their doorknob, so when they opened it on Christmas morning, that bell would ring because I didn't want to miss one minute, listen to me, listen, of seeing them receive. And I got to tell you something, it was wonderful when I was a child on Christmas morning, but when I grew up, it became about others. So when Jesus said that it's really better to give than to receive, that's true. Because I got to tell you, how many mamas and daddies agree with me that you getting up on Sunday morning, seeing your kids get stuff, was way better when you used to get up on Christmas morning and get stuff. Way better. Way better. Man, freaked my boys out one year. They got up on Christmas morning, and there was two little boxes about this big. I mean, I'm telling you, they almost went into hyper-depression and we almost had to call in counselors. And I said, well, open the box. 
So they opened the box, and it told them where the next gift was. So he ran all over the house, and they'd open the and they'd go, ah! And then they'd look for the next tag on that one. So we had fun that year. Didn't ever do that again. That was a lot of work. But... <laughs> But here's my point, and, and this is going to sting some now. This is going to sting. But when you're immature, you're all about getting. When you grow up and become mature as a Christian, you're all about giving. You say, well, I've been saved 30 years. I don't volunteer. I don't pay my tithes around here. I don't care if you've been saved 30 years. You can still be a baby Christian and have been saved for 30 years. Longevity doesn't mean maturity. I've seen some people grow more in two years than others have grown in 30 years. If it's all about you, if it off- can I go and preach? If it offends you this morning for me to talk about that 10%, if it offends you for me to talk about giving to the Giving Life Fund and helping missions and helping people who can't pay their bills and helping us build a bigger worship center so we can have a bigger impact in this community, if that offends you, because I've had people get up and walk out this morning. I don't know what was on their mind. It was sure at some crucial times. If it offends you, you need to grow up. You need to grow up because all I'm doing is preaching the Word of God. The Word of God. To whom much is given, much is required, and God's been good to us. The poorest person in this room right now is richer than people you work for and work with and minister to, far richer than the richest person where you guys are. We're blessed. God wants us to give out of our abundance. What about you, Pastor? I'm first. I'm number one. I'm at the top of the list of this sermon. I'm at the top. So God's challenging this church. He's calling us to another level of generosity. And he says in that promise in Malachi that if you will be faithful, even in the darkness, even in, when you're poor, look at that Macedonian church. They were under great trouble and they were very poor, but they gave much. And God says when, when you're able to give out of your poverty, there's going to be some great joy in your life. That's the scripture. You say, man, that's pretty tough, Pastor, today. This is pretty tough. It's always tough when we talk about our pocketbook. Wasn't too bad. Last week we were talking about serving. I love people when they go, that's how I tithe. I give my time. Well, tell them that at the light company, at the uh, Duke Power, Progress Energy. That doesn't pay. There's service. There's giving of your time. There's giving of your talent. And there's giving of your treasure. And when we do that with generosity, we can do whatever God's called this church to do. And we'll never have to hold back or rein it in. You say, but times are bad. Times were bad then too. But they were faithful. I'm going to lead you in that faithfulness. Because this woman right here on this front row of me, we're going to be the first one to put our offering in on that weekend, and I'm just asking you guys to do the same. And let's just, let's give something that day that'll make God, like Jeff Anderson in that book, Plastic Donuts, that God will take, because God don't need our money. Y'all understand that? Jeff Anderson, when his little girl walked up in the book, uh, um, Plastic Donuts, and handed him that little plastic donut, he didn't need that. But it was her heart that touched him. It was her generosity that touched him. He says in that book, he took that little plastic donut and put it up to his mouth and went, yum, 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 yum. That's so good. And God looked down on our offering that Sunday. And it's just as much worth to him as that plastic donut was to that guy. He doesn't need it. But God will reach down and take it and go, that's so good. Because it's our heart. Our heart is that he's after. Father, change us. 
Make us generous. Change us with your word. Change us with your spirit. By your spirit, may we be changed. By your word, may we be changed. Don't let us be greedy, selfish people. Help us to be generous people. Now, Father, I'm about to dismiss this service, and I want the people to hear me when I say this. This altar is going to be open. We're going to pray with people. If you're sick, we want to pray for you. If you're battling financially, we want to pray for you. If you're battling in your marriage, if you want to come and stand in for a family member or a friend and let us pray for them, we'll pray for you, whatever you need. So, Father, we are, we're going to dismiss this service, and I just pray that the Word of God will go with us and the Word of God will challenge us throughout the week. And maybe if somebody's here today and they're a little offended that we've asked for generosity, I pray that they'll go to the Word of God and see what the Bible says. What does the Bible say? And God, that they will just do not what Pharaoh Hardison has said, but do what the Lord has said in His Word. Thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you that Ron and Sharon were able to be with us today. I love them so much. And help our church, even in recession, even in an economic recession, help us like the church at Macedonia to give much because of our joy. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? I love you guys. God bless you. Hey, listen, the altar is open for prayer. If anybody would like to have prayer. Those of you who are first-time guests, don't forget to pick up your free gift at the uh, VIP tent. God bless you.